Wolf, and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, always great, Wolf, to talk to the great Peter King, but uh, today of all days, is it's especially valuable. If, uh, if people haven't seen this Football Morning in America piece this week, it really does a, a lot of a focus on Jonathan Gannon and the end of that Super Bowl and what he and this uh, coaching staff may bring to the Cardinals. Peter King joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Peter, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Everything's going great, guys. How about you? Oh, we're doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. Craig wanted me to say hello to you as well, Peter. So <laughs> hello from Craig. The amazing, the amazing and storied Wolfley family from coast <laughs> to coast, baby. Yeah, just wanted to say hi to you, Peter. Thanks for joining us, man. All right, sure. Uh, Peter, in, in your uh, in your story, one of the, the lines was, uh, America doesn't know Jonathan Gannon yet, basically. And now you talked to him for a while over the weekend. What? Uh, what, and, and maybe you've known him before that, too. What are your impressions of him? What should people know? I didn't know um, Jonathan really at all. Um, I mean, I had met him once or twice, but I didn't know him. <clears throat> and, you know, look, a 25 or 30 minute phone conversation is not enough to get to know somebody. But, you know, my first thought when I get off the phone is, man, I can tell how people uh when they like if he has a free agent in there money notwithstanding um people will want to come and play for this guy he's uh he's very convincing he's very um enthusiastic he really believes in himself and he believes in what he's selling and and look i think we all know <clears throat> that this coming year is probably going to be I don't want to I don't necessarily say a lean year, but I mean, this almost certainly is not going to be a championship season for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but no surprise if, if Bill Belichick uh, was the coach of this team, it wouldn't be a championship season. But, but I do think that he believes in uh, building it um, really from the ground up and was very, uh, instrumental in how the Eagles defense was built. I mean, obviously Howie Roseman is the one calling all the shots there, but the Eagles had a very, very strong belief in Jan- in Jonathan Gannon's ability to build a defense built to last. And, um, you know, they basically, by the end of this season, had nine defensive players on that defensive front who were playing a role, uh, you know, depending on what week it was and who they were playing. They, you know, he, he just believed that in a long season, we need a lot of good players. So I think this is going to be a really interesting team to watch how it's formed by he and Monty Austin Fort, because I think, I think in in general, you you usually think of a team as is uh, 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 something that's formed by a general manager, mm-hmm. um, and 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 obviously there are some teams, some coaches that have personnel authority, personnel control, and whatever is written in Jonathan Gannon's contract. And I don't even know what it says in there about, uh, you know, influence over personnel. But there's no question he's going to have a lot of influence 
on the personnel and and on the 53-man roster. You know, on that note right there, Peter, just talking to him myself, um, this is a 40-year-old guy that seems to have embraced a lot of the old traditions, if you will, of the game of football, yet is still very, very tapped into the new age. He struck me as an old soul, Peter. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. I think Mike Zimmer was very influential with him. Um, and although I do think he has a lot of beliefs in new age thoughts and, and, mm-hmm. and analytics, um, you can tell by the way he calls his defense. Um, if you watch the Philadelphia defense, especially this year, I mean, it's amazing that in um, whatever they played, 20 games, they played 20 games this year. You know, he called a zero blitz eight times in 20 games. <laughs> he believes very strongly and stridently in um, in basically your front getting home. And I think that's how he's going to try to to form his his defense. Uh, that, um, you know, in today's football, and he was, as I wrote, he was very rueful over the last touchdown, the touchdown that Sky Moore uh, scored uh, in Glendale to win the Super Bowl, in effect. Mm-hmm. Or, to you know, to, uh, that was the last touchdown they got, and obviously they won it on a field goal. But, but he was rueful for it because, obviously, when you send a zero blitz at Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes has one guy wide open, well, a zero blitz doesn't do any good. You would have been better off, obviously, keeping an extra person back there. Uh, I mean, obviously, you would have been better off in covering Sky Moore, you know, which they didn't do. But um, I think that he believes that he's going to want to build a team that isn't going to have to blitz mm-hmm. to get a lot of pressure because, look, Next Gen Stats has been doing uh, has been doing uh, study intricate study of of every game since 2016, and in the Next Gen Stats era, it, they have never had a team that led the NFL in sacks, and 75% of those sacks came uh, on non-blitzes. Mm. Uh, and so, and that's what happened to the Eagles this year. Um, you know, 57 of their 77, some, whatever, I think that's the right number, 57 of their 77 uh, sacks came, uh, you know, on just rushing four. And so I think that is how Jonathan Gannon really wants to play football. And in in a league now when there are so many quarterbacks just filling the air with footballs, um, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Peter King joining us. Uh, Peter, you, you, in your story, Jonathan Gannon, there's a quote. He said, if Kyler Murray isn't here, I don't take this job. And, and you noted in there, Kyler Murray's been a little bit of a polarizing figure, which is an understatement, at least around here. From your experience, how is Kyler Murray viewed around the National Football League right now? With a lot of skepticism. Because, uh, you know, are you going to be able to, like what Jonathan Gannon says, 
Um, I want to have two different offenses, one from under center and one in the gun. Um, and that's a little bit of an exaggeration. I could have two totally different offenses. But I do think that one of the things when you when you look at what uh, Jonathan Gannon and, and obviously Drew Petzing is going to be the offensive coordinator um, who they got to know each other in Minnesota. Um, I think that one of the things that you're trying to do is have a little bit more of the element of surprise or the element of uncertainty at the quarterback position. Because it was clear that, you know, that obviously Cliff Kingsbury, and there certainly is going to be a lot of this anyway, wants to move his quarterback and wants to get him out of the pocket and make him a big threat, um, make his mobility a big threat. That's still going to happen. I just think that, you know, obviously last year, the highest percentage of a player's, uh, of a quarterback's, uh, you know, of a quarterback in shotgun formation was Kyler Murray. And I just think he wants to get that out from wherever it was, 95 or, or whatever it was. I think he'd like to get that down if I'm going to guess, maybe down in the 70s, just so that a defense is going to have more to prepare for. So, Peter, um, can I just say in the Wolfley compound right now, you are the preeminent writer, of course, on the game of football. So I have to ask you this, my friend. The state of football. The state of football. Where's it all headed, Peter? Well, I'll tell you, the one thing I think they will do the one change I think that will be made this off season, I think they're going to eliminate the, uh, you know, the uh, assistance on quarterback sneaks. Um, not that that's a huge part, but I think that's gotten a little bit out of control. Um, not that the Eagles have done anything wrong. They're simply playing by the rules. And, but I think now you hear other teams saying, well, if that's going to be the rule this year, we're going to be doing a lot of that too. Why not? Um, but as far as where the game is going, I think, I think there's a couple, of, um, a couple of things to watch in the very near future. I think you know, the pendulum always changes in football. And <clears throat> whereas maybe five years ago, we all thought that the game was going um, inexorably to uh, a passing game that absolutely, uh, you know, unless you threw the ball 45 times a game, you were going to be left behind. But I think one of the things, I mean, you saw it even in this Super Bowl. Andy Reid said, we are going to run the ball at the Philadelphia Eagles. They started it very early. And they were convinced during the course of the game that they had to run the ball um, because, look, and and the condition of the field was part of this. Um, But I think they felt that, you know, Hassan Reddick was so good. The pass rushers are so good that now, and I think think you're seeing this with a lot of teams in the NFL – you saw it last year with the, with the Raiders, particularly. Josh Jacobs became far more a part of that offensive attack as the year went went along. Um, it was Saquon Barkley healthy with the Giants. 
uh, and, and even Daniel Jones running the ball. But I do think that we are going back to the run a little bit. Uh, even though, like, I don't think teams are going to be paying running backs. Uh, I think you're going to see Tony Pollard and, and Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley this year either be franchise tagged or that there be a limit to what their team will spend on the running back because I hate to say they're a dime a dozen. They're not exactly a dime a dozen, but you can find really good backs you know, up and down the draft. I think the one other thing is, look, if you watch the way football is played right now, I think you see a game that more and more and more the value is placed on getting pressure on the edge and getting pressure without blitzing. The Eagles obviously did it this year. So I think you're going to see more and more teams – Um, In the draft this year, for instance, I think you're going to see more and more teams try to make really good edge rushers out of picks that even come down the line. Like, for instance, George Karloftis ended the first round uh, for, for Kansas City and more guys later in drafts. I think because colleges now are... Uh, inventing so many of these really, really good edge rushers. You don't have to be a big person to do it. Um, and so I think there's going to be more and more emphasis on on getting pressure without blitzing and on running games uh, increasing in importance in the next few years. Yeah, I would agree with that. Peter, thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. God bless you, and we love you, buddy. Thanks, thank Peter. You. Hey, no problem, guys. Happy to be on. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's uh, Peter King right there joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. And like I said, check out that column, the Football Morning in America, especially this week. Every week, really, it's great, but especially this week with all the Cardinal stuff.